time to grow your business, stop spinning your wheels, and build the life you deserve. And I'm here to help. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking at Business. Hey guys, Megan here. Before we get started, shout out to Shopify. I know you love them because I love them too, and they make me happy. With all of the crazy changes that Etsy makes, that eBay makes, that Macari makes, Poshmark, any kind of third party, you know that you just don't have full control and it drives you banana town when they make changes that affect your business. So stop giving them all the power. Set up a shop on Shopify. Control your own business. If you go through my link, meganbrame.com Shopify, they'll give you a 14 day free trial. You can give it a shot. See how much you love it because you gotta love it. And then take control of your business. Even if you use, you stay on Etsy, you stay on eBay, I think you should. I think that more eyeballs and more platforms, the better. But at the end of the day, control your business. Take back the control by using Shopify. Sign up through my link, meganbrame.com slash Shopify. All right, let's go. Hey friends, Megan here. Welcome to Stop Sucking at Business. I'm a five-time award-winning entrepreneur, and I am here to help you kick your business in the face in the best way possible. So thank you so much for joining me. As promised, today is Q&A day, and you sent me these questions through uh, Instagram, DMs, or emailed them to me, and thank you for so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you trusting me to answer these questions. However... <laughs> As I wrote them down, I realized that I had not asked permission to use people's names. And I could go back and ask everybody, but we must go on. So let's just pretend that these are anonymous and did not want their information given out. I I figured that most people wouldn't care, but, uh, you know, some people don't like that feeling that being vulnerable and being vulnerable without permission, especially. So uh, I'd rather just err on the side of caution and be cool about it. Um, If you would like me to put your name in the show notes or your business in the show notes, reach out to me and I will be 400% happy to do that. So let me, you probably hear my notepad. I actually wrote these down like an old school person because I'm 35 and I like to write things down. So this first question, is from an art seller on Etsy and she says hey Megan thanks for coming back to the podcast glad to have you thank you I am happy to be back I run an Etsy store I've run it for about four months now and have had very little sales I do custom portraits and I'm wondering if I'm charging too much Do you think I should lower my prices to appeal to my audience? I'm worried that I'm already running on low margins as it is and don't want to cut my prices if I don't have to. But if you think it would help me make more sales, I would appreciate your feedback. My beloved Etsy artist seller, please, please, please do not lower your prices. What this says to me, is, and full disclosure, I did not look up your business. I really apologize. Uh, What this says to me is that if you're having problems not finding sales, you're having problems connecting to your customer base. So what I would recommend instead 
of lowering your prices is to look for niches that you can infiltrate. And I don't mean that in a sinister way, but so say that you were doing pictures of people's pets and you made portraits of people's pets. You loved to do that and you're very good at it, but you're not making any sales of it. Then what I would do if that was your niche is I would find the people who are obsessed with their pets. And those are the people. So think about it like Ren Fairs or cons or Star Wars or things like that. Like there are people who pay buku bucks for their hobby without even thinking about it. Like they just, this is a handmade thing that clearly I know a lot about niches, don't I? Oh, like this is a handmade Star Wars replica one-of-a-kind, custom-made, blah, blah, blah. Think how much money people pay for stuff like that. So, no, I don't think that you should lower your prices. What I think you should do is find your people. And what I would recommend is reaching out to people who are medium influencers in the niche. And I don't mean like 1.2 million followers on Instagram. I mean people who are hungry for attention, recognition, um, partnerships. And they're the ones who are rising in the whatever niche you're in. I would say create partnerships with them. Now, I don't even mean offering to send them free things. Uh, I don't think that that is usually a successful ROI. What I do think is that you should establish relationships with these people. And it's just the way you would establish a relationship with friends or coworkers or whomever, like just comment and be active and spend time on their pages, on their stuff, and just really develop, give them value, give them, be a cheerleader for them. Because as they rise, you're going to be alongside them. Do you know what I mean? And now I'm not saying that you should just focus solely on influencers and not your own marketing. I totally don't think that at all. But I know that a lot of people just feel like if I just got the right influencer to just show my picture of my product, then that would be it. And look, my stuff was in the New York Times. My stuff was in crazy OK Magazine publications. And it's not a long-term pop it's just a, a pop and it's not sustainable. So I, I don't recommend one, lowering your prices to putting all your eggs in the influencer basket. I recommend instead doing a medium influencers communities. So subreddits, uh, Facebook groups, things like that, where you can be involved. You're not going there to sell. You're going there to be involved and the sales come through that by doing that, you not only are able to charge a premium because you're targeting the right people, but you're able to just embrace a community that you want to be in anyways, because this is your niche, right? You want to be with the people who love essential oil soaps or the people who love beautiful crochet work or the people who love custom portraits. I mean, 
go to those people. Don't try and force your product into a hole that it doesn't work in. Go to your people and find them and cultivate relationships there. People want to buy from you. They don't want to buy from portraitsareus.com. They want to buy from Megan, the portrait artist. Does that make sense? I hope that helps. Thank you for the question. I hope that wasn't too rambly. Next question. And it's a very short question, actually. It says, Megan, quick question. I don't have much money, but I feel overwhelmed. When do I start hiring people, even if I can't afford it? Thank you for this question, because I think everybody has been in this situation, myself included. You know, when I was full-time making soap, I know I needed to hire a salesperson because I hated sales. I sucked at sales. I didn't want it. It was a self-perpetuating cycle of crap where I felt like I wasn't good at sales. So I wouldn't make sales calls because I wasn't good at sales and never made any wholesale accounts. You know, I, anytime I did wholesale accounts, which was the big money for me, um, it was kind of a fly by night thing where I never cultivated relationships because I was too afraid. And, but I needed that sales money, right? So I was always afraid. I did hire one salesperson before and my sale, like when that person just was the only focus was getting my shit in stores and boom, it just skyrocketed, right? So here's my suggestion. If you don't have a lot of money, one, you should always pay people a wage. So, you know, product only or stuff like that, that doesn't work. My suggestion is to find ways, this is so cheesy, to find ways to make that money. And what I mean by that is, how are you supporting yourself right now? And how are you supporting the business? Are there alternate ways to pick up some side income that can go solely towards building the business? You know, side gigs, freelance gigs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, What can this person do and is there an ROI for it? So in terms of me, when it was sales, yes, I definitely needed someone to generate income for my business. So for me, it it was worth it. And what I did, and this doesn't work anymore, uh, I wrote articles for people and got them on really big media. Um, the media has since become very savvy about it and won't do that anymore, won't allow guest contributions. But there's still content marketing, there's still Upwork and, uh, you know, Fiverr, things like that, where you can do some side gigs and get some additional income. My second thought is, um, you know, you didn't specify what you need the additional help for. So is there a way whatever you need the help for can be automated or eliminated? Are there apps that can do it? Are there... um, bots, not, well, I don't know what a bot would be for, but maybe like customer service or something to answer FAQs. Um, you know, that is a considerably lower cost because it's usually a one-time cost or a yearly cost. Uh, it usually sucks in the beginning because you got to put all the money up front, but maybe that's a way to help automate your business. Now, when I was saying that, I was thinking like, well, you shouldn't really automate, you know, really professional like legal or accounting services, although there are ways to supplement that. And uh, now I'm rambling again. So going back to it, uh, one, I always believe that more people, the better. Uh, you can't 
focus all of your energy on all of the things all the time. So if there's any way to uh, delegate it to somebody else and you can, you know, pick up some side income to supplement that and make sure that they're getting paid right, then I recommend that. Or if there's a way to automate it and take that off your plate, I recommend that too. It depends on what's best for your business. You know, everybody's business is different. I now have a staff of four. Um, I have a blogger, social media, my VA, and my podcast producer. And all of those people do things that I don't want to do or that I just don't have the skill set to do. So I find it worth it. However, for another business, that might be too much. That might be too crazy. And there would be ways that you could, you know, have... There's there's just ways to automate a lot of the stuff that you can pay people for. So it, it depends on your business and it depends on the role that you're looking for. So, But I do think that you should never wait. I think that it never gets better without other people to help you and to support your business. You can't do it alone forever. And I think that it'll suck up front the investment of either the person or the uh, software. So suck it up, I guess. Shitty thing to say, sorry. But um, I do think that no matter what, you should branch out and let go of some control. I hope that helps. Next question. What business trends are you sick of? How to be diplomatic. Hmm. I will say... I think that there's a planner bubble right now, and I am astonished at all of the different planners that people make and have, and you know, I'm guilty of it. I, I received one of the these planners, and I like it. Uh, it helps me. It helps me focus, but I had a daily to-do list that I, you know, it was like a notebook that I bought on Amazon for, I don't know, seven, eight bucks. And it was just like, here's what I'm going to do today. And you just, you know, daily task list. That would have been fine too. So uh, I'm astonished at the trend of planners and the amount of different planners there are and that they all kind of do the same thing in just a little bit of a different way. But this one is pink and this one is leather and this one is, has stickers and I see that as a bubble that will burst in, I don't know, the near future, but I think people are going to get sick of the planner overload. So I would say that that, that's the first one that comes to mind. Um, I think the other one is just, and this isn't, uh, this isn't going away ever because it's just timeless, but uh, I'm sick of people who are just me tooing and not the me too movement. Not okay. Let me rephrase that. I am sick of people who don't want to put effort into being unique or original. You know, I know it is very difficult to figure out your unique selling proposition. I struggle with that on multiple products and multiple times in my life, but I end up finding what the thing is that sets me apart. And it's really frustrating to me to find people who don't want to do a deep dive into their business. They just see someone being successful and think like, oh, well, I'm just going to copy that. And it never works out for them. And they get frustrated. And 
why, why isn't this working? Or maybe they do see a little bit of a benefit, but it's not their passion. It's just what they're doing for money. And so they burn out. And why did I burn out? So I think that um, that's something, that's a trend that I am sick of. And it's never going away. So there's nothing I can really do about it. So uh, planners, I see as a bubble popping in the next year or so. And people who can't do their own thing. That's another thing that I I get sick of. Next question. Do you think it's more important to put money into advertising or marketing? I know you think they're different. I do think they're different. And that's, hmm, that is an excellent question. I would say, one, I want to know everybody else's feedback on this because I'm interested to see what other people think about this. Uh, Two, I think my default answer is marketing. I think that you should put money into marketing. And here's why I say that. Um, Advertising costs can get bananas and can get bananas very quickly. So I feel it's in your better interest to develop marketing campaigns that maybe include advertising, but mostly include value-based initiatives. So what I mean by that is I am a big proponent of delivering value as a sales pitch. All that means is that you are not making the quick sale as much as you would love to have the quick sale. You are working, instead of the fast nickel, you are working on the slow dime. And to do that, you have to stay top of mind. So let's say you are selling t-shirts and your t-shirts are, uh, I don't know, they're seasonal t-shirts and you don't really sell many of them in winter because they're light and they're feminine and uh, I'm just riffing here. Um, So let's say you're selling frilly feminine t-shirts and you don't really do a lot of sales in winter. So is it in your interest to throw 3000 into advertising or spend the fall working on a marketing campaign? In my opinion, it's worth it to spend the time in fall on the marketing campaign because you are developing long-term relationships with people and by developing marketing campaigns. So um, blog content, um, visuals, uh, partnerships, uh, new lines, sales funnels, things like that. Things that take a longer time to marinate, but usually result in better success and better ROI. So if you're the Freely T-shirt person, I believe that what you should do is focus your efforts on ramping up your customer base for the summer, for the sales. I know you got bills to pay in winter. I, I recognize that and I understand that. So what am I trying to say here? So what I think that you should do is not put all of your eggs in the advertising basket, especially if you know you're seasonal, you know, embrace the seasonality and focus on ramping up everything into what you're good at and when you'll stay top of mind. 
as for like paying your bills in winter, you got to do what you got to do. But do you see what I mean? I hope that makes sense. And if not, if I'm rambling again, just, you know, shoot me a message and I'm happy to clarify it. The last question, because I think we're getting into crazy amounts of time right now. Let's see. Oh my God. I, so I saw this question and I wrote it down because if you know me, if you don't, uh, you know, I had a business for upwards close to 10 years and I changed my brand. I think once a year on average, you know, I had comic book theme and then I had dark goth theme and I had crunchy whole foods theme. Um, anyways, this question is, I feel like I'm stuck in my business and I think I want to do a change, but I'm afraid I'll lose my customer base. Do you think it's okay to change your branding? Yes. Asterisk. I think it's okay to change your business because it's your business. You got to do what you got to do to keep going and keep the lights on. But I say this in a gentle ways. Um, I don't think you should abruptly change your branding and expect and expect your business to maintain its same customer base. I think that you have to make a decision to be okay to let go of your customer base and work on acquiring a new one because, you know, the Whole Foods beige crunchy theme and the black goth Victorian theme are vastly different and work in much different bathrooms, you know? So I had to accept that I was kind of scrapping my loyal fan base and targeting someone else. And, you know, that can cause some hard feelings. That can cause some people to feel like you're rejecting them when it's not about them, it's about you. And you gotta just recognize that there's gonna be some pain in changing your branding, but it's your branding and it's you and it's who you are. So everybody changes, right? Everybody grows and develops and bobs and weaves and, you know, zigzags and that's okay. So I think that I say, yes, you should be able to change your branding. Yes, it's okay to change your branding. As long as you go in with the change with your eyes open and know that Customer-wise, it might set you back. It might set you a couple steps back that you'll have to, you know, catch up with. But that's okay because everybody's different and everybody changes. And so can your business. So yes, I say that you definitely can. Just be real about it and uh, set expectations that a new brand equals harder work. Now, what you could do if you want to kind of test the waters with it is to set like a capsule collection of the new brand and see how that theme goes. You know, you could still have your main crunchy soap brand, but if you want to do kind of an upscale fancy pants, um, do that and do it as a, a side collection or a capsule collection or something like that. And just test the waters and see if your fan base loves it, hates it. If you, develop a new demographic of fans and customers, it could be worth a shot. Maybe that's the safer way to go than just scrapping everything and starting over. Those are just some thoughts. But those were the Q&As. I had five questions. I feel like I rambled way more than I ever rambled before, and I hope they were valuable for you. I'd love to get your feedback. You can either DM me on Instagram at stopsuckingabusiness, 
or shoot me an email. Hi at meganbream.com. I'd love to hear from you until next week. Have a fantastic week. Kick your business in the face, please. And thank you.